This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Jeanine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. This is the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday Morning Show. Now, here's Judge Jeanine Pirro. Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. I hope everyone is enjoying their day so far. It's a beautiful day here in New York City. And as always, we are armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. But first, let's talk about the week that we had. It was uh, a very full week, as I'm sure you know if you followed any of the news. Uh, everything from immigration to the Fannie Willis case that continues uh, throughout the week and it continues with te- testimony to the recognition that now we have an issue uh, involving immigration that is far beyond just the issue of immigration. We now have an intersection of crime and immigration. And unfortunately, Americans are seeing up close and personal, not just illegals coming into their towns, villages, and cities, but they are suffering from the crime that is occurring. The sad part about this is you have congresswomen like uh, Katie Porter from California who says, you know, we can't uh, take this one instance and decide to make a uh, a policy out of it as it relates to illegals? Well, first of all, the murder of Lake and Riley, a beautiful 22-year-old nursing student from Georgia, is not one instance of an illegal immigrant killing an American citizen. There are many, many, and unfortunately in the past week we've seen a, uh, a, a Salvadorian illegal uh, shoot a two-year-old baby, a 25-year-old mur- uh, Salvadorian illegal charged with murder for shooting a two-year-old. In Virginia, a, uh, a Venezuelan has been charged with a sexual assault of a child. A Honduran in Louisiana has been charged with rape and stabbing, two separate incidents. Uh, of individuals, and of course, Ibarra, the individual who is charged with the murder of that beautiful nursing student, Lake and Riley. Folks, I talked about this before, and as a DA, I've prosecuted these cases. MS-13 gang members are in this country. They have killed, and they will continue to kill. They, many of them, enter illegally. And one in particular entered not just once, but four times after he was deported. He was convicted of multiple crimes in New York. And what we are seeing in the United States right now is the liberal, progressive, sanctuary city nonsense protecting these illegals who are charged or convicted of violent crimes from even being arrested or deported. Sanctuary city is a term that should connote a negative connotation in everyone's minds. 
These are liberals who are willing to give protection to illegals that not even American citizens get. And that protection is defending them and protecting them from the American criminal justice system. Now, you know, it's amazing that Joe Biden talks about the root cause of immigration and trying to figure out what it is. I really don't give a damn what the root cause of immigration is. I only care that we stop it. You don't come here unless you're invited. You don't come here unless you've got an invitation, unless you've got a visa, unless you wait in line, unless you swear allegiance to this country. So what we've got today is a great show. We've got a very special guest, Stephen Miller, uh, who is an individual who worked in the Trump administration, who was brilliant. He was a senior advisor to former President Trump. Uh, and he will talk to us and walk us through this concept of sanctuary city. And in addition to that, talk about how the issue of illegal immigrants is impacting the safety and security of Americans. And I don't want to hear anyone saying, oh, they're coming here from asylum because most of them don't even show up for their asylum hearing. And 85 percent of them who do are denied that asylum. We've got a problem, folks. We've got to deal with it. It's all coming up here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Judge Janine Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. 
Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining me now is a brilliant man, a seasoned political advisor and a friend. Join me in welcoming Stephen Miller to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Uh, you know, Stephen, uh, he has been a senior advisor for policy and the White House director of speech writing for President Trump. Uh, he was also a comms director for then-Senator Jeff Sessions. Uh, he is a brilliant man. You see him on Fox News. We've had him on the show before. I always appreciate having him on. Stephen Miller, welcome. Americans are starting to understand uh, that there are, there is no protection for Americans when an illegal is allowed here and commits a violent crime. What can you tell us about how how bad this problem is? Well, sadly, this is the the most obvious and unpredictable outcome in the world. And every one of us who's been warning about this for years has been saying so. Which is that if you have, I mean, this is so just blatantly clear. If you have a policy which Joe Biden has had now for three years of allowing people to show up at the border illegally and then get released on demand. By definition, some of the world's most heinous criminals, predators, killers, monsters are going to take advantage of that program and come into America, where unlike in their home countries, there are many soft targets. There's an extremely generous legal system. There's enormous opportunities to escape justice altogether. So for for predators all over the world, this is a very soft target to come into America, prey on women, prey on children, knowing that we have so many cities uh, that are run by leftists where there's no policing, there's very little prosecution, really no rules at all. It's a free-for-all. And on top of that, of course, you get free welfare, free housing, everything else. So for the uh, for the criminal – this is a very enticing target. So this is a completely self-inflicted, self-imposed policy. And Joe Biden did it knowing, and his aides knowing, of course, innocent Americans are going to die. But to them, that was acceptable collateral damage in pursuit of their vision of bringing in all of these illegal migrants on the hopes that they would be able to, in the future, become citizens and vote in our elections. And, you know, Stephen Miller, there's also talk of illegals voting in some elections in New York City, for example. So, you know, I think it's kind of a, a positive, uh, it's a wish and a hope uh, that they might, you know, accept uh, or become citizens and then vote in an election. I mean, there's talk of their vote as illegals. So, uh, but the question I think that most of us have this morning is, during the Trump administration, there was an effort to identify crimes committed, violent crimes committed by illegals. And I understand that, you know, a lot of that was was stopped because some of the states weren't keeping, you know, uh, information. They weren't categorized similarly. And in a lot of states, they don't even ask the status of an individual, of a defendant. And, you know, they just write down white and uh, that's the end of it. So there's no way to, to accurately identify them. But in the past week, uh, in addition to Lake and Riley, I mean, we saw a two-year-old who was shot with a gun uh, in uh, uh, in one of the states. I'm not sure where it was. And then, you know, we've got rape and stabbings and serious crimes committed by people from El Salvador, Honduras, and, you know, all those countries where Kamala Harris was going to find the root cause. Well, I don't think anybody really cares about that anymore. But the question is, how do we change it, Stephen Miller? 
yeah, America is becoming El Salvador, and El Salvador is becoming uh, a safe, peaceful, uh, and uh, calm country, uh, a complete inversion. You know, in particular, we've seen a lot of crimes from Venezuelan illegals, and you've seen reporting, even from Bloomberg, in fact, that Venezuela's violent crime is plummeting as Venezuela's criminals, to my earlier point, are seeking out the soft target. And the enormous also economic opportunities in terms of free benefits, free housing, and so forth in America. So we are literally importing Venezuela's crime problem, their most hardened criminals. And, of course, the individual accused in the murder, brutal, savage murder. Well, you know, the, the Venezuela, Venezuelan who, who sexually assaulted a child, uh, and the, it was a, uh, a person from El Salvador uh, who murdered a two-year-old. But there was an MS-13 gang member, uh, and there was a red hold. Have you ever heard of a red hold? I'm not familiar with that specific right. Let me tell you what it is. A red hold context. where El Salvador put out – it's almost like an international detainer. Oh, yeah, the term, yeah, like a red notice, yeah. Right. It's a red notice. Exactly. My mistake there. And the authorities from El Salvador said, we want this M-13 uh, gang member – uh, and he entered the United States, Stephen Miller, not once but four times. And he was a fugitive from his own country who put out a worldwide red notice that they wanted him held. He enters our country four times. We deport him. He comes back. These people are coming in. We don't even ask them their names. And Stephen Miller, my recommendation right now is not only do we fingerprint them, hopefully, but we should get DNA from every illegal who tries to enter this country and put it in a yeah, DNA way, database. We, we, Congress actually created the program for doing that very thing uh, under the Trump administration. We begin steadily expanding DNA collection efforts at the border. And yeah. you guessed it, the Biden administration canceled all of that. And that's something that we would certainly pursue in a second Trump administration. I also want to make the point to, to what you were saying about not knowing who these people are and not having records in many cases. Of course, sometimes you do have records and they still let them in. Yeah. It's important to keep in mind. Let us say that you're a fugitive from justice in Venezuela and you run to the United States of America. You don't show up and say, here's my date of birth. Here's the province, yeah. the city, the county, wherever I was born in, uh, and now you can look me up. You burn your documents and you create a fake name and you're out the door in a couple hours. Exactly. And then there's a whole other category of people who are criminals who just don't have any records. In other words, let's say, let's say that you're a, um, a gang leader from Cameroon. You think the Border Patrol has the capacity to search some database to see who all of the known and suspected gang members in Cameroon are? Forget it. they got 10,000 people showing up a day. You're in, you're out. You're in, you're out. Nobody knows who any of these people are. The only time you get a hit is if you have a case where somebody has a very specific criminal conviction in a functioning justice system in a country that is a close partner with the United States. Mm-hmm. Outside that, you're not getting hits on any criminals anywhere, and they're just being set free. You know, the sad part about this is that, you know, we talk about equal protection. <laughs> You look at an American criminal, we put him in jail, we, you know, we lock him up. I mean, hopefully. Uh, but if you're an illegal, you go to a sanctuary city and, uh, we won't even let ICE come in and deport him. As though Stephen Miller deportation means they're never coming back. They're, of course they're coming back. And this guy with the red notice came back four times. So, and that's yeah, from. Right. It's pretty an equal protection violation. In fact, you have prosecutors, Soros prosecutors, other lefty prosecutors 
that will actually charge illegals with less than they could specifically to keep them off of ICE's radar. In other words, if they were a citizen, they would be getting charged with a lengthier sentence. They're being given a lower sentence specifically because they want to keep them off of ICE's radar. You is this unbelievable? Clear what? equal protection violations. The benefit is that they're going to vote. I mean, I can't. we can't afford them. The schools can't afford them. The hospitals are shutting down in Denver. I mean, this is lunacy. But keep in mind, the first bill, people forget this. You, you, you heard Karine uh, Jean-Pierre prattle on endlessly at the podium about how Joe Biden, this has been going on for you know, a couple of years now, Joe Biden sent Congress an immigration bill and never passed it. And I'm not talking about the new bill. I'm talking about this has been a talking point from the White House for a couple of years now. The bill that she's been referring to is when Joe Biden came in, the first bill he sent to Congress in early February, right after he came in, was a bill to make illegal immigrants into voting citizens. They would have passed that bill into law, but for the fact that uh, they couldn't get rid of the filibuster in the Senate. They were just a vote or two short of being able to get rid of the filibuster. So if they ever had the White House, the House, and a majority in the Senate that could get rid of the filibuster, they would instantaneously make everyone that Biden let in into a voting citizen. Voila, like that. Do they still have motor voter registration? Do you remember that, Stephen Miller? That yes, you could go they and yes. they do, and that's a, that's a major. Um, yeah, people get automatically registered at the oh gosh. at the DMV, and that is a major point for both intentional fraud and incidental fraud. So you both obviously have people who are checking boxes that aren't true, uh, that is never verified, and then you also have <laughs> other cases where uh, people are sent registrations by accident or unintentionally uh, that are not in fact eligible to receive them. Yeah. Yeah. And a final question, because I know you've got to go, Stephen Miller. Um, You know, Mayor Adams in New York City, uh, you know, was asked, he said, you know, we're a sanctuary city. We have to do this and that. And someone I remember at a press conference uh, said, well, well, can't you change that? He turned around. He said, can we change it? He never even looked into it or maybe he was just acting. I don't know. Um, How do you change a sanctuary city? Let's assume the city council, I understand that started with Ed Koch and de Blasio then made it even worse. I mean, made, you know, reduce the number of crimes uh, that could even be considered uh, uh, by ICE. But how do you de-sanctuary a sanctuary city? Well, I guess it depends a lot on what the ordinance is. So a lot of cases you have sheriffs, police chiefs, mayors, et cetera, that have established an executive policy of not cooperating with ICE. And that, of course, can be overturned with a new policy. In cases like New York City or like in this entire state of California, where they have passed sanctuary laws, unless there is, and there may be, but unless there is some kind of emergency exception that an executive could apply, then that executive would have to petition the legislature, the city council, to change the law, which, of course, if they had an ounce of decency or consciousness or humanity, they would do, seeing the carnage unfolding all around them and all the innocent lives being shattered. But unfortunately, the Democrat Party's allegiance to illegal aliens uh, continues to be supreme over their concerns about American citizens. Yep. All right. Stephen Miller, we want to thank you for your time today. Uh, God bless you, and thank you for fighting for Americans. Thank you. God bless you. Talk soon. Okay. Thanks. And, of course, never forget, join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 
This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Show. Right now, I have a very special guest, a very good friend. Uh, you've seen him on The Five. Uh, he is a former congressman from Tennessee and my favorite liberal jousting partner on The Five, uh, Harold Ford. Welcome, Harold. Thank you for joining us this bright Sunday morning. Now, um, Harold, I wanted to talk to you about Joe Biden. I thought it was important that you and I discuss in a very friendly way uh, how it is that Joe Biden believes that he needs Congress to act before he can do anything at the border. And I'm going to give you, you know, full throttle. Go for it. Well, first off, thanks for having me on and happy Sunday morning. The I'm a believer, as you and I talked and, 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 and discussed and even debated a little bit, that two things can be right at once. There's, there's no question that once President Biden uh, entered office that there were a series of initiatives that pres- former President Trump took that President Biden thought was not – he didn't believe that they were constitutional or smart or legally sound at the border, including a Remain in Mexico policy. And it's turned out uh, that some of those things that President Trump did were, were positive uh, and were working. Uh, and you look at now the, the, the size and the, and the scale of, of people coming across and breaching the border day in and day out, and there's some things that, that I believe President Biden should do in terms of reinstating some of the executive, uh, executive policies and executive orders that President Trump instated. Having said that, um, I think that President Trump even acknowledged there were things that he could not do by executive order. In fact, no president can do by executive order alone. And when it comes to spending, you need, a, you need Congress to act as well. Right. But I don't believe that the president, that our, President Biden shouldn't act with these executive orders now, and that, and that doesn't preclude Congress from doing what they need to be doing, which is two or three things that we've talked about. We've got to reform this asylum process, and it takes Congress to do that. Uh, we've got to allocate more resources to help uh, our Border Patrol agents um, uh, reinstate or should they enforce catch and enforce the reversal of catch and release, because if you're going to do that, you need more people there at the border to do that. And our states are going to need more resources. Uh, to help them. I'm, I'm also relieved and encouraged to hear mayors across the country, including our own mayor here in New York, say that this sanctuary uh, policy, sanctuary city policy posture has to end. Uh, and it's going to take reversals like that uh, for us to be able to solve this problem or at least get to a point where uh, we don't have the kind of problems that we have at our border and we are able to reverse then, uh, the, the tragedy that happened in Georgia and tragedies that are happening across the country with right. uh, migrants, uh, illegal migrants here uh, committing crimes. We've got to figure out ways in which to, to curb that, if not to stop that. Well, you know, what, what's interesting, uh, Harold Ford, is that you say that you would reverse the catch and release. And, and obviously, I, I think that, that that is very, very sound and that's something we need to do. But you attach to that that we need more people to actually do that. What about the people from Venezuela? Venezuela says, we're not going to take them. So you're stuck with them. How do we send them back? I mean, at some point, this, this argument here that we're having, it, unfortunately, we're having a, not you and I, but I think the country and the yeah. politicians are having a huge political argument. But then when we, we drill down into the, to the details and try to understand what answers should be, um, some of the answers are going to be uncomfortable and hard. Um, but they're going to have to. We're going to have to enforce them. I'm as concerned about. Uh, I mean, we've seen the number of Chinese migrants into the country yeah. increase. I don't know how that's happening. 
I'm, I'm not, I'm not and, and Harold Ford, let me, let me just interrupt you for a second. We had 452 Chinese come in within, in a three-day period, which was more than came in the year before. And this administration has reduced the questions of the Chinese uh, illegals, you call them migrants, from 40 to 5 without any explanation. Assume that it's not good. Uh, and, and, and we have to be willing to say no and, and, and shut our border down to ensure that the security and safety of the country. But when I, my only point I was trying to make was that some of these questions are going to be hard. And some, of, some of the answers are going to be uncomfortable to, to enforce. But we have, a, we have a border and a country to protect. Um, and I've watched these 60-minute specials and others that show, to your point, Judge, about the number of people who are coming in from China. Uh, it's a bewildering thing. And yeah. my hunch is that it's not good. Um, and whether it's good or bad, we shouldn't be accepting people whom we don't know. You mentioned, you mentioned, I think, rightly on the show, uh, the kind of security measures and the kind of identification uh, measures we should be taking or steps we should be taking to be able to monitor people. It takes money to do that. In an executive order, you can't do that. You need Congress to act. So I Oh, come on, Harold act. Ford, my buddy. You know that Joe Biden doesn't even care what the Supreme Court says about student loans. Come on. Some, well, some, well, some of that he can judge by, by law. I mean, he can't. The, 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 obviously, the Supreme Court said that hundreds of billions of dollars that he wanted to relieve, he can do it without Congress acting. And this is the same example. I'm glad you mentioned that because he cannot, he cannot allocate more resources without Congress acting. The Constitution requires the Congress to act when it comes to, to spending. Look, I would have this position if it were a Democrat running the Congress. They would have to act. It, it, it doesn't matter to me who's running it. The tr- truth of the matter is we need to, we need to subtract and, 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 and divorce some of the politics from this and, and get to the policy. And if the, if the Republicans in Congress want Biden to act first, I think that's juvenile, but the president should go ahead and act. And if the president wants Congress to act first, you know, he's the executive. He should act first and ask them to follow suit. But I think it's unfair for people to criticize uh, one side uh, and not be equally critical uh, of the other. Yeah, but you know what, Harold, it comes down to, you know, forget it, but we just have to stop this. And the way Donald Trump stopped it, it was effective. And then – you recall, uh, Harold Ford, that when Greg Abbott started sending the illegals up north, everyone said, oh, it's a political stunt. It's this, it's that. And all of a sudden, the country started realizing what the South has been, de- the southern border states have been dealing with. And, you know, so it, 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 at some point, we've got to recognize that if you stop them from coming in, and then we don't have to put as much money into it. Just build the wall. And Abbott's doing it with buoys in the water. And you're going to tell me, and rightfully so, Harold, that the Supreme Court is allowing the federal government to cut the razor wire that Abbott put up in Texas. But in December, Texas had 71,000 illegals come through Eagle Pass and in, in December. And then in January, it was 17,000. I mean, that's just with a few barriers. We don't need a lot of money for that. Do we? Well, we, diff- we, we, we? I think we need more. I think we need more than you think, and, we, and more importantly, it takes Congress to act on that. Look, I, I don't. I don't disagree with a lot you're saying. I, I, I thought what Governor Abbott did when he was shipping people around, shipping these migrants around the country, was not only uh, a political stunt, but it was a smart policy move because it yeah. forced the country to understand that in many ways we're all border states, uh, and the yeah. kind of challenges that we here in New York City are facing, and even back in my home state of Tennessee, what they're facing, are, are real, and they're real consequences as a result. So, again, I, the, the politics of it, I, I, I don't quite understand 
why those who are elected, there are 435 people in Congress, and really it's only a handful, really 10 that have the power to bring it to the floor and to vote on it. Why, why they won't do their job? And then there's a guy in the White House who can reinstate some of these executive orders. I hope to visit uh, that these these that the, the two the leading candidates for the presidency took over the last several days will will cause uh, them to act differently. And I say President Trump, although he's not in office, we can't we can't move beyond the idea, and you can't you have to factor in the idea that President Trump has told some in the Congress, Republicans in Congress, not to not to vote for a, a border deal because it might. It, it might benefit President Biden. I, I just well, I don't no, like those, but they're also, and I, I got to like stop kind of you there, politics. Harold. But the, but the truth is, they were allowing five thousand a day, and that's baloney. You know it, and I know it. That's thirty-five thousand a week. But anyway, Harold, I just want to, I just want to ask you. You know, when you were talking about the bill, do you miss being in Congress, Harold Ford? Uh, I love. I loved when I was in Congress. I don't know how much I would love being there right now, just because I think that, <laughs> um, that the, the people who, who who approach these things like I do, at least as a, from afar, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not there, so I, I don't mean to be critical of people, but I just don't yeah. think that they're as interested in solving problems as as I thought I was when I was there. And I know how I am now. I would be frustrated if I were there right now. Well, there's no question. Right now, it's all about ideology, and uh, it's a shame. But anyway, Harold Ford, we love having you on. We appreciate you taking time out of this uh, uh, of your day on this Sunday morning. Thank you. God bless, and say hello to everybody at home. Thanks. Look forward to seeing you next week. Love you. Thank you. Love you, too. Bye-bye. And never forget, that's a commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. And up next here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will be speaking with Joe Concha. You're going to like this. This is the Judge Jeanine Show. This is the Janine Bureau Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is a radio and television personality. His name is Joe Concha. And uh, Joe is, uh, you see him a lot on Fox News. Uh, he's one of the most visible faces there. Uh, and uh, he has been a columnist, a media and political columnist for The Hill. Uh, I love Joe. Joe has a sense of humor. He's brilliant and all that jazz. So we're going to start right at the beginning. Welcome, Joe Concha. Thanks for joining us this Sunday morning. How are you? My wife never compliments me that way. You, you do. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. I appreciate that. So. If you get married, it's over, okay? The compliments are over. And I that's why that. I'm not married. <laughs> all right, listen, Joe. Yes. Now, I know you're a numbers guy, and I know what happened this past week, but Seth Meyers had the president on. Now, I don't know anything about numbers, but I got to tell you this. I posted something on Instagram where Joe Biden and his team pulled up in front of uh, of NBC so that Joe could go out and uh, go into uh, uh, Rockefeller Center there to do the interview on Seth Meyers, a comedy show, alleged kind of comedy show. So what, what can you tell us about the Seth Meyers show with Joe Biden, our president? Well, for starters, those four people were actually interns for MSNBC. So we, we have to be very clear. <laughs> they shared the same building, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. A couple of things on this. 
First, we saw these reports by like prominent White House reporters saying that Joe Biden made a surprise appearance with Seth Meyers as if he was in New York for a fundraiser and then told the motorcade, make a left here. The next, he obviously was given not just questions in advance, but seemingly answers in advance because you, he had all these props on him as if he knew exactly what was coming because he knew what was coming. So this wasn't an interview. And as you said, this wasn't even funny. It was like watching an extension of like the Rachel Maddow show. And the bottom line is... That only 850,000 people tuned in. You say, okay, You're well, kidding. is that good? Say that Say that again? 850,000 people tuned into oh the show. Gosh. Now, let me put that in context. Greg Gutfeld, who didn't at last check have the sitting president on his show that same night, tripled that audience. So think about that for a second. Biden's on there. It's an election year. NBC, all the hype, and they can't even get a third of the audience that Gutfeld that had. Is really that is really scary. Night. And you know what's amazing, Joe Concha, is they make it out like, oh, he's so funny. It's just Joe being Joe. Hey, look at the five. I mean, every day we're like three, three and a half million, whatever it is. I mean, exactly. we don't even have anyone near a president on there. And you're on at two o'clock in the afternoon on the West Coast. People are That's working. Right. It's only yeah. going to get worse as we go to election, Jay. Judge. And the amazing thing is in Michigan, where all the uh, Arabs are who support Hamas, they're like, we, we're going to get 10,000 votes, uncommitted votes, instead of Joe Biden. They got more than 100,000. 100, so, I mean, even his own team isn't supporting him. You, you've got Fannie and, and uh, Wade and all this craziness. Well, this week, the attorney for the lover, Nathan Wade, who made 650,000, but doesn't want you to believe he made that <laughs> because he had to split it among his partners and his wife and the federal government. So he only made like 100,000. You know, can you imagine, Joe, going to the federal government and saying, my my uh, my W-2 says this or says that, but uh, cut it in a quarter because that's all I really got. I mean, these people are so stupid, it blows my mind. But anyway, Terrence Wade comes in, and he, he was brought in because he made statements that Fannie and Willis had a relationship before the spring of 2022 and that he was her lover. She brought him in to pay him. Uh, and then uh, to take down Donald Trump. And then all of a sudden, they've got emails and text messages and conversations where he said, oh, yeah, they were they were sleeping together two years before that. And the guy ought to know he's Wade's lawyer. Now, why don't you tell us what happened in court this week? Oh, well, then from there, Wade's lawyer is basically presented text, text messages between Wade and Fonnie Willis, uh, clearly showing beyond a reasonable doubt uh, that these two uh, were, were having uh, uh, familiar relations uh, for, for some time, well before they said uh, they were, and obviously before Wade was hired with that $650,000, which they then proceeded to spend on all these vacations. By the way, who goes to Napa and doesn't drink wine? She's like, oh, I don't like wine. She was there oh. for a Tito's tasting, apparently. You know, likes the Grey Goose, yep. right, as far as yep. vodka is concerned, which, you know, you have enough of that. I, I, I think that that's probably going to go sideways. I mean, and then, but can you imagine, I mean, she's in the middle of a courtroom saying, but I don't like wine. I like Grey Goose, you know. But, but are you, uh, uh, these people, I'm telling you, Joe, these people have never been in a courtroom. First of all, Wade's never tried a felony. 
And I yeah. almost want them to stay on the case. They're so incompetent. <laughs> That's true, right? Nathan Wade is like the better call Saul of Fulton County, Georgia. Oh. This guy was an ambulance chaser. Now he's going to try a federal RICO case? Uh, yeah. You're right. It would probably be a better idea just to keep them on. But, Judge, I've heard you say it on the five. Uh, I've said it as well. And I'm not even a lawyer. I'm just a guy watching this saying, boy, this is a train wreck. They're going to be disqualified from this case. And this case probably is not going anywhere. They, they weren't going to be able to try this before Election Day. Anyway, as you know, RICO cases, you've got to get 18 witnesses on the stand. Yeah, you just don't do that like you're ordering a pizza and have it done in 30 minutes. So between this, with, with this case going out the door, and then you see, obviously, what, what happened this week with the Supreme Court, that's going to yes. push the Jack Smith case well past Election Day. Donald Trump isn't going to have to face anything, I don't think, before the election. And as I said, he's the odds on favor to not only win, but win easily if the election were held today. Well, there's no there's there's no question about that. I mean, but what I'm concerned about, Joe Concha, is whether or not the judge, Scott McAfee, has the uh, spine to do what he's got to do in this case. There is no question. There's not only uh, a conflict here. There is the appearance of a conflict, which is enough to have them removed. And then, of course, the issue is, does the case stay with the DA's office in Fulton County or has it been so tainted by the corruption there that they're going to get a new prosecutor in there? Uh, the, the whole thing is crazy. But in the end, uh, only time will tell. And the last thing I want to talk to you about is, you know, we, we had competing visits at the border by Joe Biden. Joe, of course, goes to Brownville where there have been 12 people who went in in the last month. Uh, and, uh, you know, Donald Trump. But, you know, Joe Biden is trying to gaslight the American public and convince them that, you know, everything is really okay. While illegals are killing Americans, uh, and I'm talk, I talked about that earlier in the show today. Lakin Riley, say her name, 22 year old nursing student out for a jog on some intramural fields, University of Georgia, Athens, sanctuary city, by the way, and Joe Biden hasn't contacted the family, and won't even make a statement about it. To your point, Brownsville, where he is going, all right, just six people crossed into the country illegally illegally on Wednesday there. Six. Meanwhile, when you look at Eagle Pass, there have been more than 2,000 apprehensions since just February 24th alone. So uh, he's going to a place where nothing is happening. It's only for a photo op. Bill Malusian reported on Fox that he didn't even contact the Border Patrol Union. He says he's going down there to speak to officials. Well, that's probably the first place you want to start. And he didn't even invite them, nor will speak to them. He is losing on this issue badly. He's always several days late and many dimes short. And Trump is leading on this. All right, Joe Concha, that's why we love you. You are clear. You are affirmative, and you are uh, hysterical. I love you, Joe Concha. Thanks for joining us this morning. And have I a have a huge day. ego now as well from all these compliments. Honey, can oh. you talk to me this way, the way the judge is? She just walked hey, in. Hey, I'll tape, I'll tape record it. You can play it whenever you want. Take care, Joe Concha. Bye, judge. All right. Take care. And, folks, never forget, that's the commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. They deserve it. They need it. Thank you. Okay. Now it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. The truth is, folks, we're in a hell of a mess right now. We uh, we are now recognizing uh, just the surface of crimes that are being committed by those individuals who have left their own countries to come to the, Uni- to the United States and are victimizing American citizens. 
We have an administration where President Biden on his first day in office overturned everything that former President Donald Trump did to protect Americans from illegals. And that is the uh, building of the border wall as well as Title 42 uh, and the remain in Mexico policy. Right now, we are sitting ducks and the left progressives don't seem to care. Well, It's up to you, folks, in November 2024. I can't believe we're out of time already. Make sure you join us right back here next week, same time, same place, for the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Have a great day, everyone. Take care. Judge Jeanine Show. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.